Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Toast and Happy Wednesday. It is hump day, a gorgeous day, an absolutely gorgeous day of the week. Like, there are so many worse ones. So let's acknowledge that. Speaking of gorgeous, you're so gorgeous. <laughs> hey, Jax. Hey, Claude. How you doing? Good. Really, really good. You sound well. Good. Just so good. You sound like yourself. Good. <laughs> so good to hear. Okay, okay, that's enough. Okay, Kevin, I, that's enough. I had a dream that we were at, like, actually you weren't there. I was, like, at a camp, and the whole camp was, like, a pageant. And the winner of the pageant gets, like, hand-chosen by Morgan Wallen to be his girlfriend. It was such a weird... Oh, and, like, the leader of the pageant, kind of like Candace Bergen's role in Miss Congeniality, was played by Aunt Connie from Young Sheldon. Why wasn't I there? Maybe subconsciously, I think you pose too much of a threat to my, like, place in the pageant. That's what I'm thinking, honestly. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, and you just, like, knew that you couldn't compete with me. Exactly. To and be, so I didn't. To be Morgan Wallen's girlfriend. Right. Who won? Isn't that just like. Who won the pageant? Like, I want to say me because it was my dream. And like, if anyone's going to win something in my dream, it bet your ass better be me. But I do believe I was awoken before Aunt Connie was able to announce the winner. Were there any other participants that we know? Or a bunch of randos no. you were competing against? No, they were like a bunch of like. <laughs> Like toddler and tiara type looking girlies. Young girls? No, 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 no. They weren't toddlers, but like they were in tiaras. Okay, because that's an important distinction. Are we saying tiara or tiara? No, that's a word I'm starting to say so much it's starting to sound like gibberish. Okay. But is it tiara? T- well, we actually have a story today where that word will be in play. And I just want to see no. how, how we say it without Naturally. you like putting me on the spot. Because now I don't so know. So we'll wait. So we'll so wait. So we'll wait to find out. <laughs> Keep don't tuning go in. anywhere. <laughs> We're about to find out if it's tiaras or tiaras. Toddlers and I tiaras. I think it's tiaras because tiaras is like obnoxious. Yeah. Tiara. But now it, it honestly just sounds like someone's name. Are you going to tiara's house later? This is one of your favorite conversation holes to go down. Like data or data? Zara or Zara? Excuse me, I really don't think that's true. <laughs> it is. No, it's not. <laughs> Bitch. As someone who's on the receiving end of your conversation at least for an hour a day, I can tell you that it is. I don't, I think you're spreading lies about me and you're using my poor memory <laughs> as like an entry into spreading rumors. Okay. 
so I don't think that's true. But is it data or data? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's obviously data. No, I know that a part of you, like, wants to continue talking about that. No, not <laughs> one inch of me really cares. But, like, do you think it's Zara or Zara? <laughs> I don't know. Chef's choice. Yeah, chef. That's my favorite, chef's choice. Better than Sophie's choice? <laughs> so much better. Yeah. So much better. I think collectively, like as a union, we need to stop saying Sophie's choice because it's rooted in dark history and maybe start saying chef's choice. No, it's... Well, they di- mean different things. Different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, chef's choice is like anything is good. Just take one. No, it's like and you Sophie's choose. Choice. It's like the expert chooses. Like, I don't want to make a decision. You choose. Yeah, and Sophie had a different choice, No, uh, so- a much more difficult one. But speaking of the Holocaust, did you see that they're making a movie about that guy? He's like the British Schindler. I'm sure you've seen the video of him. He's like an old man sitting in an audience. Yes, yes. And he thinks he's like at some TV special and then everyone in the audience stands up and it's like all the children that he saved in the Holocaust as grown adults. Yes, I did see that video, but I did not know they were making a movie. Who's playing him? Anthony Hopkins. Be right back. Which is a name and a face that you've heard of and that you've seen. Oh, that's a nice man. Let me tell you, I've never seen this man in my goddamn life. No, I know, but he's like acclaimed. And he has a nice looking face. I'm sure he'll do justice to the role. I just don't know him. Uh, Yeah, but he I think he's like a very serious actor. No, for sure. That name gives like Oscar vibes. Yeah. What's the I'm name of the movie? The movie's going to be called The Power of Good. That's kind of a corny name. Is this on Hallmark? Yeah. It's giving TV movie. But it's Anthony Hopkins, so it's not. It's giving made for TV. Yeah. Maybe what was it? The Power of Good? The Power of Good. Maybe it's not too late to change the movie title. And no, also, no, like, hold on. The Power of Good. Hold on. I got confused. That's not the name. Okay. That's not the name. What is it? That's just the name of a documentary from 2002 about this man. It sounds like the name of a documentary from 2002. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad. <laughs> maybe the it's a working title. Like maybe it's a work in progress. They don't have a title yet. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited. So. Me too. Um, my me- book club met last night. <sighs> How did things go? And while it is technically the Balabusta Book Club, last night we were the I Hate Emily Henry Club. Okay. And we just kind of got to talking about, you know, her books. And now they're really not good. Um, but for some reason, every time she announces a book, it's like shoots to the top of every list. Mm-hmm. She's kind of giving like industry plant vibes. In the book industry. And you, now that you are a big reader, like can't you see that there's clearly like politics in books yeah. and like there's clearly favored authors there's also authors who slay every time who like don't get the respect that they recognition deserve. yeah we were all just like how did this book come and the person who chose it doesn't know hasn't read emily henry books it was just everywhere so she's like yeah. oh, of course let me choose this book it was you have so, to have a bad experience in order to have your eyes opened yeah i and it actually makes me sad when i think about like all the authors who are like so like deserving of that sort of recognition and people who can't even get their books on any lists and it's like the second like an Emily Henry book comes out it's number one Goodreads suggested most read this month why 
I have no idea. And her first book was Beach Read, which I read. It was good, but it doesn't mean that like every book from this author is going to be something that we have to read from now on. But people were treating it as such. So I read the next one, People We Meet on Vacation. Me too. And that was the book that burned me. The book that burned me was Book Lovers. It was so bad. And what was the name of the book that you just read? Beach Read? Happy Place. Happy. They all sound the same. Yep. You should read so. Beatree just to see what started this. Right, like, I've been caught up in, in her cycle. Like, oh, her book is out, I have to read it. But I actually never read the one that made her, you know, in the cycle, which is Beatree. Yeah. And then the next book we chose is actually another one that's, like, everywhere, whatever. But I, it actually looks good. It's called Hello Beautiful. Oh, and Napolitano. Yeah. Have you familiar? What are your thoughts? I'm familiar with her work. She's, you know, a very swirly girl. No, she's not not swirly in the sense, but she's like a, a literary girly, like a Danish choicey. Oh, yeah. We were because that's the thing. It's like this book we literally talked about for 45 seconds. And then we all just like talked about like gossip and like what else we read this month and what are our plans for the summer. We could not keep the conversation on this book. It was so insubstantial, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. There was not one theme we could talk about. Like it was just horrible. Yeah, I'm so curious that you're going to read Hello Beautiful. I don't know what it's about. I don't know whether it's good or not. I'm sure it's good because she's a good author. But I feel like it's just very literary. Well, that's like what we're looking for now. I just can't, like, you can't have a book club with a book that's like, makes no, like, that has nothing, it's not thought provoking. It's not conversation starting. Right, but you guys might be swinging the pendulum too far the other way. I, and again, like, I don't know. I'm going to ask Dana about the book and whether or not you guys would like it. Because I'm sure it's a good book that she liked, but for your book club, IDK. But the thing is, it's too late. It's too I late. Know, don't I'm even just, ask Dana. I'm worried you guys are overcorrecting. Because even though you're looking for a good book, when I say literary, like, you know, it's the type of books where it's like paragraphs of descriptions and feelings. And like, Ugh. and sometimes it's a little more character driven than plot driven it's not about like ooh, titillating what's happening next it's like how is this person developing over the course of the novel that's fine that's fine and you know what we're finding our footing in our book club like we and I choose next so like I'm so I'm the last one to choose until we like start the cycle over again I'm so motivated to choose the best book of all time but what's great is that We've had, like, two, like, actual zero star stinker books. So I really can't do worse than anyone else. Like, I'm not going to be the worst, which is all I care about. What was the other zero star? Before You Knew My Name. Was that a snitch's choice? No, it sounds like one of those. No, it was horrible. Okay, but this is the point of a book club. Like, one, it sparks interesting dialogue. Two, you should really cover the gamut of genres and authors. Yep. Every month should be different. So it's not always going to be a rose code. No. And when we hate the book, it's the funnest book club. Like we just like crack up and just make fun of everything in the book. That's the redheads. So it's okay. Speaking of, we're recording the redheads today. Really excited to record with the swirlies. Really a big day in the community. Yeah. Because I think everybody probably liked this book. but it, And it was also a good book, you know. So mm. uh, if you want to become a redhead, I would start with this book. It was a quality book. And it was a Danish choice. So you'll feel smarter for having read it. That's the thing. I love feeling smart. It doesn't happen a lot. But when it does. It's worth all the everything. work. It 100%. You know. 
like the way ever since I read The Rose Code, I've been acting different and just like bringing up Letchley Park, you know, the secret underground World War II British decoding center in everyday life is beyond me. And I really need to watch The Imitation Game, which is a movie about Bletchley Park. Yeah, it's not about our girlies though. It's about like Alan Turing, I think, who were like they their names okay. came up in the book because it was supposed to be like a cool reference because they're like the who the real people who the historical fiction. They're the history in the historical fiction. Um, but I haven't seen Imitation Game either. Let me ask you something because when I was just reading about this movie <clears throat> about the British Schindler, he did like the Kinder Transport, which is mm-hmm. they sent trains of. Jewish children to Britain like without their parents and I had read about that recently somewhere and I was feeling like it was the Rose Code since you read it more no 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 No. where did I read it I don't know you're when you're as like literary and scholarly as we are it's hard to pinpoint our references you know our bibliography I just get like deja vu because I've been here before no I understand yeah we got a lot of good theories about what deja vu is and where it comes from on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I heard, and by heard I mean I read in a comment, that redheads are actually more um, likely to experience deja vu. They're more susceptible. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said, which I don't really subscribe to, but I liked the thought, is that, like, you in a parallel universe had already done right. this. So you were, like, harking back to that but not able your to form put your life. finger on it. The way that I sometimes feel about it, it's like if reincarnation is real, then maybe in a past life you've been in this mental state and you are like remembering it but you can't put your finger on it. Yeah, no, I feel that. But I don't don't know if I believe in that. Reincarnation. Like different lives for the same soul, you know? Like I just feel too connected to Claudia. Like there's no way Claudia is just a shell. Like I, bitch, I am Claudia, you know? I don't There's know. no way that I'm like this is just a vessel. Claudia's kind for of me giving in- shell. Ah! <laughs> Excuse me? No fucking way. Like there's literally no way that like this complex dynamic human being that I am is merely a vessel no. for this universe. No, no, but the complex dynamic human being is the part that you take with you no every every life that you live in. No, I'm sorry. No. Like no. you were a peasant in the renaissance and you had this Mm -hmm. attitude but you're saying like I might not have had this fupa yeah no see I don't agree like I feel so connected to different parts of my body you feel so you feel that connected to your physical being yes I wish I didn't Wow. but I do but that could be a part of like the makeup of your soul is that you do get connected to your physical no. Like that's just, no, that's just like telling me I'm not just a whore who gets connected to any physical shell I'm put into. No. I think that you do and I think that's what makes you so special as a soul. I you also really think it's commit. an inherently you commit to the role. I also think it's an inherently not Jewish belief. Okay, but I just want you to know a few months ago we spoke on the podcast about reincarnation and I was saying mm-hmm. how like I like the idea but I know it's not Jewish. And you said that, that there is like a, something about it that's okay in Judaism. That it's like no, yeah. That it's not that. It's not that. That's far not what I, I didn't say that because I don't even know what you're talking you about. You made like, it no. okay for me to explore reincarnation. I, I <laughs> no, I did. Well, I would. You know what, Jackie? I think you should explore really anything so you can come to the best conclusion. But no, I did not say that. I I think it makes a lot of sense reincarnation. And yeah, ideally, like what we go through this. Oh, I think what I said. Mm, no. 
what I said was like that this isn't, you know, the purpose. Life life on this here earth, like this phase of, you know, life isn't the sole journey. It's not the sole purpose of of life. There's more after this, olam haba. But I don't think I said you're going to become a different bitch. Like you're not going to become a bird. I didn't say bird. I think human souls you know remain I mean? human. I mean, it would only be fair. In my version. Yeah. But it's like. I guess, you know what, Jax? Jax. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I guess we'll have to wait to see what people say in the comments. No, like, when we die. Like, we'll say. Is reincarnation real? Sound off in the comments. Is reincarnation real? Because also, think about how many humans have lived on the Earth since Earth's inception. It would be. Oh, I have. Okay. It would be trillions. That's trillions mm-hmm. of souls that God had to create, you know? Mm-hmm. Why not recycle a few good ones? Okay, on that note, you know what I always think? Trillions of people, right? There's so what are how many people are alive right now? Seven billion, right? That seems low, but More. yeah, sure. How is it possible that there aren't like two people who were born on like, you know, opposite sides of the earth or even, you know, next door neighbors who don't look exactly alike? There are. Like, I know there are infinite ways like a person's face can look, nose, shape. Like I, I know all that. But how is there not, like, another person who looks just like me? No, like, there is. It's called a doppelganger. But they never actually look that much alike. No, maybe some of the ones that you've seen. But I'm telling you, like, if you looked at all 7 billion people, like, you would find Australian dirty. Like, you would. Hmm. Maybe I got to head over to Australia, find Australian dirty, start a podcast with her called Good Night, Mate. But then also, like, you, you know, the course of your life has changed how you look maybe australian turkey has her old chin right no but also like socioeconomic circumstances factors change how you look based on like you know if you work outside right based on like uh your financial situation based on what you eat like it does that's true (laughs) so i guess two people even they could look so much alike they could still change over the course of their life based on like different factors about you know where they're at in their life right and they could take just like different directions maybe australian turkey is a blonde Right, and I wouldn't even think to like you know say we look alike because she's blonde. Right. Hmm. Australian's turdy sounds like a very complex individual, <laughs> and I think I gotta meet her. Yeah, and she's a surfer, so she's really tan. Right, and of course very fit, which is why another reason nobody would be like, "Oh, you look like Australian turdy," because <laughs> she's blonde and thin, so they wouldn't even take time to realize that we have the exact same face. Right. Hmm. Interesting. That's true. Humans are interesting. And you know what else is? This upcoming episode of The Toast. Because we've got five great stories. Mm -hmm. And we've got Dear Toasters Wednesday, our weekly advice segment. And we've got some good ones. Some girls have found themselves in some pickles. Some pickles pickles experts. Yes, which is sold out, by the way. I wanted to thank all the toasters for, like, truly showing up and showing out. And the Pickle Experts collab, like, went so viral. We were on the Today Show. It was everywhere. And it sold out. So, sorry, but you can't get it. And everyone who ordered it, like, a lot of people are starting to get it. And they are all posting, like, their taste tests on TikTok. It keeps coming up on my For You page. It makes me feel so cool. And they're loving it. It's really, like, it's shockingly good based on, you know, just the title, the name of it. It's like, ew. Pickle wine, question mark. Right. Yeah, what's so funny is pickle spritz made a lot of news. And if we had nothing to do with spritz, like, that would probably be something on a slow day. A story. That would have been a fast five story. Like, today, I saw a story, but it, it didn't make the cut. That Skittles is coming out with mustard-flavored Skittles. Oh, okay. Copy us. Yeah, but you know what? Okay, well, first, they couldn't turn it around that quickly. 
At first, I thought that was gross. Mm, actually. But a little I burst mean, of mustard, as long as you're not eating it with, like, fruity Skittles. Right. I personally loathe mustard. But I know there are people who are obsessed. I love they it. put it on everything. People eat spoonfuls of it. So, like, you know what? Little mustard. I mean, people love those mustard pretzels. No, and it's like I could take a bite of my Sonic pretzel and then pop in a mustard Skittle. It's giving yeah, future. It's giving a life in space. It's... It's giving ingenuity. Yeah. I don't have to deal with like the mess of spreading the mustard, getting mustard right. on my hand. Create, I have to like get a dirty dish, a dish dirty, making a utensil, you know, get a knife to spread the mustard. Yeah. No, it makes you think. Interesting. So there's mustard skills. Go get some. And there's not any more spritz pickle. But for those of you who did snag it, congrats. Congrats. Now, without further ado, it is time for the Fast Five Stories that you need to know. And the Fast Five Stories that you need to know are brought to you by Squarespace. So Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time all in one place and all on your terms. So if you would like a website, you know, for a side hustle you're starting or your e-commerce business, it can be really daunting to create a website because, you know, people go to college for years to learn how to code. Squarespace is so easy. So they have a ton of different product features that make your website really stand out. Like you can, you know, sell custom merch and create a passive income stream that engages your audience. You can also create an online store where you can sell your own products on an online store. They have great um, features like email campaigns where you can drive sales and engage your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. You easily collect email subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. So whatever type of uh, website you're trying to create, Squarespace has a template for that. They have a feature for that. It's so easy. And it's um, just like the best, in my opinion, platform out there to create to get a professional-looking website out there. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com/toast to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Again, squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com/toast to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Today's episode is also brought to you by GameTime. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have at the actual event. So GameTime is the place for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance anymore. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you not 100, but 110% of the difference. And it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. It's literally two taps on your phone and you're all set. Tickets are then sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email, like holding up the line, being like, sorry, like, let me just pull up this PDF. No, it's all on your phone. It's so easy. Um, it's a great app to have on your phone if you travel a lot and you find yourself, you know, with a night off in a, in a fabulous city. You know, download the GameTime app. See what that city has to offer. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code TOAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code TOAST for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thank you, Claudia. 
You're welcome. Uh, the movie about the British Schindler is called One Life. I just had to put a pin in that. And that sounds it. appropriate. It does. For It's going to be at like the TIFF. It's going to be a big movie. So Sounds like a reference to the Talmudic verse, to save one life is to save a thousand. It's to save the world. Oh, yeah. Even bigger. Even better. All of humanity, seven billion. Any, any identical Australian dirty. <laughs> okay, let's get into the stories. Our first story is so crazy. Some news that's rocked the sports world. LeBron James's son Bronny, who's yes. eighteen, suffered a cardiac arrest during USC basketball practice. LeBron James's son Bronny suffered cardiac arrest on Monday during basketball practice at the University of Southern California. The 18-year-old athlete was taken to a hospital where he was treated in ICU before being released to general care. Um, The rep for the family said yesterday while practicing, Bronny James suffered a cardiac arrest. Medical staff was able to treat Bronny and take him to the hospital. He's now in stable condition and is no longer in the ICU. We ask for respect and privacy for the James family. And we will update media when there's more information. That's so crazy because this is someone like a young person who's in peak physical fitness. Peak physical health, LeBron LeBron James' son. I'm sure he's probably going to have like an insane career in the NBA. Um, So scary. Mm -hmm. I hope he's okay. Yeah. And this reminds me of that story from last year about um, the Bills player. Damar Hamlin. Collapsed on the field. Damar Hamlin, who also, I believe he had cardiac arrest, correct? Yeah. So terrible. Yeah, I, th- I think that Damar Hamlin had, like, spoken out yesterday, like, sending love to Bronny. Oh, um, yeah. So terrible and so scary. And who who knows what this could mean. But, like, Bronny has made so many headlines, like, for being, you know, the next big thing in mm-hmm. sports. And I'm pretty sure in the background of one of Zach's shows a few months ago, I heard the – Broadcaster saying that LeBron said that whatever team picks up his son, he will go to. Okay, that's giving like Nepo baby, first of all. Yeah, but like, why not? You know, that's that's very interesting because like, I was thinking before when we were just talking about him, his son, you know, nepotism in sports like can't really be a thing. Because you need the talent. It's just sheer talent. You just have to be good. It's based on numbers, points scored, Mm -hmm. you know, free throw range, whatever. But this is actually, like, an interesting way of being, like, nepotistic in sports. Yeah, and using, like, all of his power and influence to get the best deal for his son. Now, would this be the, I have to assume, yes, the first time a father and son have played on a team together. And by the time he gets to the NBA, will will LeBron still be in the NBA? I think so. Bronny's 18. I don't know at what age. um, But he's at USC. Yeah, but, like, they can miss, like, is it like football where you can, like, draft early? Yeah. And even still, even in five years, like, LeBron's going to be a better basketball player than... Yeah, no, but he's not slowing down. ...than people 10, 20 years younger than him, so... Yeah. That's cool. Plus, even, like, to, like, say LeBron's not scoring like he used to, but, like, to have the Jameses on your team, like, that sells tickets. It's an interesting proposition. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like at some point, like, after LeBron's career, he'll probably become, like, an owner of a team. I feel like that happens a lot with, like, those major, major players. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'd be cool. I, I don't know if there's, like, rules against it. If he was, like, the owner of the team that his son was on. Yeah, well, if he was the owner of a team, he could draft whoever he wants, right? Not really. That's, like, not your job. It's, like, general manager. For sure, but, like, you own the team. So if the general manager won't do it, like, you could fire them. 
You could, you could, you could, you could. Yeah. So I guess that's where nepotism could play into it as well. But if he is having um, cardiac issues, that could affect his sports career. So I know. I think everyone's kind of worried and waiting and seeing. Well, I wish him well, truly. Yeah, me too. Are you ready for our next story? Yes. Megan Fox is being ripped to bits for asking fans to donate to her pal's GoFundMe. So this is like a very interesting celebrity trope that I see happen a lot. My most favorite, you know, one is Lady Gaga asking for GoFundMe donations for her dad's restaurant. It's like, girl, help out you your help pops. Your yeah. Okay. It's here, like literally your dad. Here's the details on this one because it, it, it always changes. Megan Fox has been slammed for asking her Instagram followers to donate to a friend's GoFundMe rather than coughing up all the money herself. The fundraiser, which had a goal of $30,000, was set up for her nail tech Britney's father, who was diagnosed with cancer. It's seeking to raise the same amount that Megan's fiance, Machine Gun Kelly, spent on a diamond-encrusted manicure last year, the, the story notes. So Megan took to her Instagram story Monday night with a picture of the GoFundMe. She put it on her Instagram story saying, my friend's dad was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. If you guys are able to help, please do. Fans of the actress, whose net worth is estimated to be around $8 million, were confused as to why she would request donations on social media rather than picking up the bill herself. A bunch of commenters said the highest donation is only $300 and it's not anonymous. Sis better contribute herself and lead the way. Someone else said if I had as much money as her, I'd cover 100% of a friend's parents' medical expenses right. before I asked strangers to. Um, so that's the argument, that she should pay for yeah. this and not ask her fans to. I mean, there's a lot of arguments to be made, you know, for Megan, what's her name, Fox, to pay the whole thing. And I think, you know, one of the biggest arguments is that it's $30,000, which is a lot of money, not for a celebrity. Like, they literally get paid $50,000 just to wear a shirt from a brand. Like, if she wanted to make this thirty k back, she could do it in a day. So, it's tacky. I'm sorry. It's tacky. And to not have the wherewithal to, like, donate first, like, $10,000 with, like, it could say anonymous, but everyone would know it was her. Because that's what people do. They go to GoFundMes. You can sort the donations by highest to lowest, and you could see who did, you know, the big one. And so is it possible that Megan Fox privately helped this girl out? Of course. Oh, true, true. But in this day and age, you got to be a little bit more clug, you know? Yeah, especially because this has literally happened before copy and paste. I remember Kylie was in trouble for this too. But yep. also, like, this might sound crazy. I guess I didn't know her net worth was $8 million. I know what you're going to say. That seems kind of high to me. Like, I feel like, I guess she was in Transformers, yeah, no. which is a huge movie. Yeah. But, like, she doesn't act that much. No, that's definitely true. Maybe Megan Fox is like, I don't know, you go to the Met Gala, you got thirty grand. No, I don't think so. No, like, Johnny, all those things like, that Megan Fox does, like, aren't, like, paying gigs. No, she's always making news, but never for work. She's always making news. She's never making money. It's actually <laughs> an amazing point. Like, I don't know the last time she was in a film. Right. Except Transformers is, like, the kind of movie that I think, like, I know. pays you until you die. Yeah. She definitely, no, no, like... <laughs> She's known for Transformers, Jennifer's Body, which is like an indie film. Okay, but by that the doesn't way. make like, you know, so much money. Okay, so Transformers was in 2007. But she was in te- two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, 2014 and 2016. And those feel like big money makers too. Okay, but like even if they paid her a couple million dollars for those movies, like 
those were years ago and I'm sure she lives like a high okay here's what she's done recently I have not heard of one of these things most recently she was in Dave in one episode okay Okay. so let's just Johnny and Clyde I don't know her good morning spelled m-o-u-r-n-i-n-g big gold brick Taurus night teeth till death Midnight Switchgrass. That's the Randall Emmett one. Oof. M- Machine Gun Kelly's music video. Rogue. Think Like a Dog. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly's music video. Oh, okay. The Battle of Jangsari. Zeroville. Above the Shadows. And then the first thing I've heard of is from 2016. She was in 15 episodes of New Girl. Okay, that's seven years ago. I think that's really the but biggest. But I'm sorry, over the course of her career, this is 40, New Girl, Jennifer's Body, Transformers, uh, Transformers again. There's three Transformers movies. Yeah, those Transformers ones, I think, you know, can set you up for the rest of your life. She did 100 episodes of a show called Ocean Avenue. This bitch has 30 grand lying around. I'm sorry. Um, no, I- and, and then, by the way, and then there's the other things you get paid for, actually a lot of money for, outside of acting. Especially somebody in the, Mar- in, the, in the Marvel Universe, like all those, you know, events. She's fine. Yeah. And is she married yet? No. No, are they still together even? I don't know. Yeah. And like, I genuinely don't care. Yeah, I mean, we could go back and forth on whether she, you know, now, because she was in Transformers, needs to pay everyone's medical bills around her for the rest of her life. But I right. think the idea of, like, kicking it to her fans is weird. Is weird. But what if it was, like, her friend who was, like, could you post about this? Like, we could use some more eyes on it. If somebody said, like, to, like, you have to think, like, they would never ask, can you pay this? They would say, can you post this? Because that's, like, nothing. But, like, a normal human being would be, like, let me just pay it if I'm Megan Fox. I don't know. I don't think she's that liquid. That's definitely possible. I don't know what sort of financial decisions she's made. And she had a messy divorce. Let's not forget about that. Where she was definitely the earner. Yeah. Yeah. So. But to not even put 5000 like on, like, come on. Yeah. But you're right. She could have paid offline. She could have paid offline. Even though if there's already, like, a donation set up, I think it would just be, like, a lot easier. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of having to explain like, to your accountant this, like, wire transfer. Right. Now, I actually read yesterday that the, all the money... GoFundMe is, like, kind of, like, a crazy platform. All the money that was raised for that Carly Russell woman who fake abducted herself, mm-hmm. like, they can't get it back. That's weird. Right? Because GoFundMe does sometimes, like, step in. And they'll, like, right. shut down fundraisers. Um, so to not, like... Get it back is weird. Weird. But I thought Carly Russell's family was not accepting donations for her reward. Like when when it happened. I thought that was so interesting when I read that. I was like they they weren't looking for donations for a reward. Like they had a reward set up. But I did see what you saw about like people can't get their donations back. So obviously they donated somewhere. I think – oh, I think a lot of people donated to Crime Stoppers. Like in the – in the hopes of supporting the Carly Russell search. 
$63,000 raised from donors in Carly Russell case is not being refunded from Crime Stoppers. Okay, so that's not GoFundMe. So Crime Stoppers of Metro Alabama said on Monday that the $63,000 in reward money raised to help find Carly Russell is not being returned to donors despite her safe return. Um, Russell, who vanished in Alabama last Thursday, yada yada. Crime Stoppers initially said that it would give back the $63,000 donated during the search for the missing nursing student before saying in the afternoon that the money would not be refunded. The investigation is still ongoing, and accordingly, there is no basis to refund any contributions at this time. Furthermore, the Hoover Police Department has not requested for any donor contributions to be released or refunded. It's not clear how much money has since been returned through the group's website on Wednesday. still displayed a notice of a reward being offered. But now we know, like... Yeah. But when you donate to Crime Stoppers, is that, like, a larger organization? Or, like, you earmark it for Carly? I think you can earmark it... To be like, you know, incentivize people with a reward. But yes, you're right. I guess that $63,000 can be dispersed, like, you know, to 10K to six crimes. other. Right, right. It's not like it's going to Carly as a reward for faking her own abduction. That's true. So hopefully it gets used for a good cause if they really don't return it. But that's really murky. Yeah. Well. So, oh, sorry. Go back to Megan Fox. She definitely has money. She might not be as liquid as we thought she would, but in the gr- in the grand scheme of like celebrity money, thirty grand is not a lot. Yeah, and she could have donated ten, but and she didn't. Okay, but like, I mean, I would expect her to be more, as you said, clug than this. But like, what if she donated like twenty thousand offline, and that and like maybe the bill was fifty thousand, and now they're trying to raise the additional thirty. A hundred percent a possibility. And that's why it's just never a good idea for like a big celebrity to post a GoFundMe, unless it's like a GoFundMe that's. Um, like millions of dollars needed, you know, yeah. or like, I feel like after like a, a, tr- a really a big tragedy, tragedy yes. like hurricane or, you know, something, there's always a GoFundMe set up with like an endless goal just to raise the most amount of money for the families who lost someone. So that's different. But like for a personal friend, Kylie's gotten in trouble, Lady Gaga, now Megan Fox, like we need to learn, they need to learn. Okay. It should be like a no-go zone. Okay, I, ju- I totally agree with you. That's the takeaway here. But I just want to give you like a situation Okay. Because what if the total bill was like $60,000 and Megan was like, I'll pay half. So now they only need to raise $30,000. And then she posts, like Brittany asked her to post the link. So she posts the link and now she's in all this hot water. Like Megan can never come forward and say, no guys, I paid 30 to her before. Like she can never even defend herself about this because it's like, you don't. No, and by the way, when somebody needs money, like we should not be thinking about things like this. It's so stupid. But like that is the world that we live in. And so if that was the case, like, Megan should have done the 30 like anonymously on GoFundMe because people would have flocked to go see like what the biggest donation was. They would have saw 30, assume it was Megan and be like, oh, okay. So she donated and she's promoting. But what if she donated before she knew there was going to be a GoFundMe? Yeah, I mean, sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, and then she can, sure. it's not like she can just like hop on stories and then just start talking about like how much she donated, how much she didn't. She's never going to like give air to this. So we're just going to like keep saying that she didn't donate more than $300. And then also then say, like, the friend was like, hey, could you could promote this? Like, you have, you know, we could use some more eyes. Like, how do you say no to your friend? This is bad for my image. That's fucking rude. Yeah. It's a tough spot. I'm just saying. Not that I agree with her. I'm just saying I, I can recognize she's in a tough spot. You know, I agree. And there's, like, a million scenarios. Where she that, did with the like right details thing. that we don't she know. She could have paid 100000 already. Yeah. 100%. 100%. But we are given information and we have to come to conclusions with solely the information we're given. I think the takeaway is that we can't just jump to conclusions and assume the worst about people. Agreed. 
But, but that celebrities need to, you know, even if someone's asking them to post their GoFundMe, like, I, you could say, like, I think this would backfire. Mm, I don't know. I think we, ha- we can reserve judgment. There's definitely, like, a litany of details that we do not know. But I think we can all agree when Lady Gaga did it for her dad's restaurant, that was weird. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Great. I'm glad we worked through that. Yeah. It's a complicated thing. It is, considering we don't know everything. Yeah. Are you ready for our next story? Mm-hmm. Eagle-eyed history buffs are pointing out an error in Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer blockbuster that's commonly made in World War II movies. And it's... I heard this. It's unfortunate. It really is. Yeah. I would have never noticed it, but people did. So um, the movie focuses uh, on a time in 1945, World War II, and one scene in the movie um, after Japan's surrender and the U.S. victory in the war, they show Oppenheimer being applauded by an audience waving the flag. But eagle-eyed viewers have pointed out that the flags that they're waving have 50 stars rather than 48, even though Hawaii and Alaska did not become U.S. states until 1959. So, yeah. Okay, like, who the fuck is counting stars? I'm sure that's what Christopher Nolan said. Like, oh, no one's going to count the stars. It's fine. No, I don't think, I think if they knew that the stars were off, they would have fixed it. They put so much care and detail into these movies. Like, I'm sure it's killing him that, like, he made this big epic. It's so, you know, I'm sure I haven't seen it. I don't know the story, but I'm going to say historically accurate to a degree. And they're getting fucked by these flags. And everyone's yeah, talking about the, the flex. Tweet? It's giving American Sniper Chris Kyle and the fake baby. Yeah, that was weird. Um, did you see the tweet of, like, the woman she went viral? I'm pretty sure she, like, deleted her whole account. And it was like, just want to let you guys know, there was not a woman for the first 20 minutes in Oppenheimer. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it was literally 1940, whatever, whatever. What year was it? 1925. Yeah, it's like, well, that would make it incredibly historically accurate. Right, really. that's so funny. Did you see the tweet um, that was like, you guys, I'm worried about Barbenheimer like, and COVID. Like, just be like everyone going to the movies and there being <laughs> and there being another COVID Pandemic. spike. Okay. <laughs> um, moving on. I think it was from a doctor, too. Like, it wasn't just moving a lay on. person being like right. a freak. Um. So the stars. So the thing is, do I care? No. Would I have noticed this? No. Do I think it takes away from like the integrity or the, you know, validity of the film? Also no. But it's not like it's not 100%. To me, like the bar for inaccuracies and like flops will always be when somebody left a plastic water bottle in the background of Game of no Thrones. No Starbucks cup, too. Whatever. Yeah. This is so much better than that, so I'm okay. I know, but, like, imagine you make a perfect movie and then it's not perfect. Thus, you know, further proving my point that, you know, we're all just people. It's true. How, one, how did people even notice this is my question. I'm saying, like, they're waving flags. They're not even standing still for a minute. You can't even sit there and count them. And, well, maybe the, it was, because it was 48, like, maybe the alignment of stars is different. Yeah. But also, like, I'm sure they have so many history buffs on set. Like, how did, like, lay people notice this and not the experts? 
you know, it's a win for the lay people. And apparently, according to the Daily Mail, like, this is a mistake that happens in a lot of movies around World War II. Hmm. So how did we not learn from this? Right, like, learn from others' mistakes. Maybe they could use AI to fix it. Fix it. In, like, when it goes out to on demand. I'm sorry, this is humiliating. It's a stain on Christopher Nolan's record. He should never work again. Wow, hot take. I mean, yeah, if you yeah. Clear, if you can't get the stars right, like, what are you doing? Can you count? Why bother? Can you count? Why bro? bother? Right. Are you dumb? <laughs> so humiliating. Like, I definitely knew that Hawaii and Alaska were only added to the Union in the 50s. Like, I 100% knew that. Yeah. Of course you did. You read the Rose Code. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Maybe if Christopher Nolan had read the Rose Code, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You know it's, it's like to know how many but stars. But he doesn't. That's his cross to bear. Not our problem. Sorry, Chris. You're on your own. Sorry. Are you ready for our next story? Mm-hmm. Ariana Grande's boyfriend's wife feels that he abandoned their family. TMZ. No. <laughs> TMZ has learned that Ari's and Ethan's relationship came as a surprise to the actor's now estranged wife who feels he abandoned his family. Sources close to the wife, Lily J, tell us she's devastated her family's been torn apart. She's also upset their young son, who was born in August 2022, wow, one year ago, won't have both his mom and dad around constantly now that they've split. TMZ sources say Lily and Ethan aren't on good terms now that the Ariana relationship is full steam ahead. Lily feels like he's turned his back completely on his family. Now that I've had some time to think on this, um, and it's like started to marinate, when we were first reported on it, like I was like, LOL, you know, Ari ruining lives. But like, Ari's ruining lives. Like, it actually is really not sitting well with me. And for what? This relationship is going to go nowhere, first no, of all. Yeah, it's like a that- fun set. It's like a camp romance because they were just like all together filming this film. It's, I'm actually like not to be such a fucking loser who needs to touch grass, but like, I expected more from Ariana. She needs to do better. Yeah. I mean, of course it's up to this man. Like, he has agency and choice. But, of like, I, I'm sure he thinks that, like, Ari loves him and, and he's going to leave it all and risk it all for Ari. But, like, we yeah. know this relationship is going to last three months. And it's really no, and especially, fucked up like, to do with a one-year-old. Like, Ari, you could have any man in the world. Like, this little nerd taking him from his family. Like, you know... It's not right. I know. And especially, like, I'm just seeing the Barbie movie, which was, like, very much, like, womanhood is a sisterhood. Like, and it's on the man 100%. But, like, Ari knew. And, like, she could have looked out for her fellow sister in Christ. But she didn't. No, she didn't. And, like. And she's the one with power here. Like, I'm sorry. This guy's a freak. <laughs> I like, agree. I like, when Ari comes to you and says, like, leave your wife and child and be with me, like, her womanly wiles, like, I, I would say yes. Well, no. Not no, my Of course. Angel, not baby Harry. <laughs> no, but, like, she's the biggest star in the world. She's, you know, this larger-than-life. He was, like, and I hate to, like, place blame on the woman because it's I have to be honest, if fault. the roles were reversed, gender roles, we would be saying the same thing if it was a huge man on set and he uh-huh. had this, like, w- woman. And also the man was notorious for just having, no offense, like a revolving door of relationships mm-hmm. that seem so Blames. serious but are not. Yep. Then we would say the exact same thing. And I guess what Ariana would say is, screw sisterhood, you know? Yeah. And that's what she said. Very Victor Garber. That's what she said. This is just really sad and confusing. It's not, by the way, it's really not a good look for Ariana. Like, it's just not. Yeah. 
But it, it really hasn't touched her. Like, I feel like... She's untouchable. Yeah, she is untouchable. But no one's really She's saying this. It's kind of just, like, funny to everyone. No, I know. And that's what it was for me, too. But now I've sort of sat with it. And it's, like, this this mother, this wife, who literally never once asked to be a part of this narrative. One in which she never asked to be a part of. And now her whole life is destroyed. And now she's, like, in the media. Her Instagram's being infiltrated. Like, leave this woman alone. She just married this theater nerd and wanted a nice, quiet life. And she has a one-year-old. Terrible. Honestly, it's terrible. I'm sorry. Honestly, I'm sorry I joked about it. Like, because now it really has not sat well with me. No, she's a one-year-old and daddy ran off with Ariana Grande. Like, it's so inconceivable. (laughs) It's so wrong. It's, you know what it is? It's wrong. Do better, Ari. Yeah. There's plenty of single men and she could have any of them. Anyone. Anyone. Not only is she, like, so beautiful, she's so famous. Anyone. Like, there's no reason she went for this freak. No, and it's like, I feel as though anytime she sets her sights on someone, like, they will date. It's not giving Irene. Yeah. It's giving, like, she has, she's a very... A charming person. She's unlimited options. She's char- No, people are really drawn to her. Yeah. And this is a bad choice. There was no reason for this. Especially because, let me tell you something. I can't see the future. I'm not Raven Simone, but this will not last. I am Raven Simone, and I can tell you it won't last. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Final story. Ooh. Yeah. Blake Lively jumps over the ropes at Kensington Palace to fix the display of her 2022 Met Gala dress. Have you seen this? No. On Tuesday, the Gossip Girl alum posted an Instagram story of her jumping over the ropes at London's Kensington Palace. They have an exhibit called Crown to Couture, and they have her Met Gala dress from this year on display. So in the video, she hops over the rope and uh, fixes her dress. She said, when you're the clown who hops over the rope at the museum to fix the exhibit. Happy almost Virgo season, folks. Oh, so the rules don't apply to Blake Lively. Well, is it her dress? Definitely not. Her dress appears alongside 200 other pieces at the exhibit inside Princess Diana's former home, including a former Lizzo look, Lady Gaga. The exhibition also features a number Sounds of... Sounds like a cool display. It does sound like a cool display. It features a number of historic gowns as it tells the story of how rock and red carpet fashion has been influenced by the royals of the Georgian era in the, 19th, in the 18th century. So I guess her Met Gala look this year was influenced by the Georgian era, which is possible. Cool. But like, you know what? This is giving, you know... Not only is it a museum where you're not supposed to touch anything, but it's, like, at Kensington Palace where you're also not supposed to touch anything. I don't know. I don't really like her bragging about this. Like, like I, I abide by – like, I'm a rule follower. Yeah. But what if it was your dress? Like, what if it was your retrofit dress and they didn't have, like, the bow tied in the way that you wore it? And it was an I would exhibit, like, about it. 30 through the years. I would ask someone to fix it. Like, you know, one time I went to a wedding. You don't think that's, like, more self-indulged, like – to have, like, instead no. of just, like, running and DIYing it. No, don't put your grubby hands on the display. Like, these are now considered works of art. They're in a museum. Like, don't touch it. Yeah. There are ropes there for a reason. Wow. Now, one time I went to a wedding at the Met. And it was beautiful. And I posted on my Instagram, like, that I was at the Met after dark. It was very cool. And I, like, joked that I was, like, touching something. I didn't touch it, but I was like, oh, oh, oh. Somebody from the museum, there was like security everywhere. And like hours later, I guess had seen my Instagram, came over and I was like, oh, look, a fan. She wants a photo. <laughs> she was like, 
please delete your Instagram. I'm like, oh, okay. I got in trouble. Like, my whole night was ruined. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, so I, like, and that's how I had Blake to learn my lesson. just became about turdy. <laughs> yeah. I had to learn my lesson. And I think Blake should be, I think she should be spoken to, reprimanded. Yeah. It is also kind of giving, like, Austin Butler, Vanessa Hudgens, putting their initials on that tree. Yes, Jackie. I thought that, too. I literally thought that, too. Like, look how cute we are. We're putting our initials in a tree. Boom. Citation. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it begs the question, like, who does the dress belong to? Did Maybe Blake loaned it to the museum, in which case she's free to touch it however she wants. Or maybe it depends who runs the museum. Maybe they'll think this is, like, a quirky thing that she did, you know, bringing a little to life promote, to, the, to the exhibit. And to promote, like, the, the, the exhibit. Which sounds like a wonderful exhibit, and I hope it makes its way to the U.S., which I... I it actually does. And you know what would be fun? Mm. Like, I feel like we could play a game where, like, we would go to every dress and see how many of the 200 we could place as to who wore it because what that's what we do for a living like I'm telling you I feel like we could do all 200 if they're spanning the last like five ten years I don't think that they are I think they're spanning the last like 200 years then definitely not but I will click on the link and try and find more of the dresses oh yeah these are like renaissance looks oh then looks. no looks from then the no. renaissance looks well, thanks, Jax, for that. Fast Five just really ran the gamut. I feel good about it. But I'm so excited because we're not even done. We're not even close to being done. Mm-mm. Wednesday, our weekly advice segment. So every Wednesday, we do an advice segment called Dear Toasters. And you guys basically write to us about where you're going through, and we do our best to help you. Now, if you would like to submit, please note that it's completely anonymous, and there are two ways to submit. The first is going to thetoastpodcast.com. There's a little submission box when you scroll down. Perfect there. Or you can just shoot us an email, deartoasters at gmail.com. Now, Dear Toasters is brought to you by Better Tomorrow. Are you ready to embark on a transformative journey towards a better tomorrow? Well, join the captivating TV personality, Hannah Brown, on her new lifestyle podcast that will leave you inspired and empowered. So you, of course, know Hannah from The Bachelorette and, of course, Dancing with the Stars. But now you can go deep with her to ask every week, am I better today than I was yesterday? So Hannah takes you on a deep dive into topics that matter most, from confidence to love and making time for yourself. Hannah shares relatable experiences as the ultimate every woman. Brace yourself for advice that hits home, intimate emotional explorations, and eye-opening reveals. As a progressive empowered woman of faith, Hannah challenges societal norms, guides her audience, and ignites meaningful conversations. And of course, Hannah is no expert. She's actively defining and deciding what it all means and figuring it out along the way. So get ready for a better tomorrow because your journey starts here. You can listen to Better Tomorrow every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. So of course, you know, all the places. And that's Better Tomorrow hosted by Hannah Brown comes out every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is also brought to you by The Farmer's Dog. Whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like Jax and I knows that the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. And the farmer's dog can help keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with them. So the farmer's dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. It's recommended by vets, it's nutritionally balanced, and it's made from human-grade ingredients in safe, clean kitchens. It's the best option for dogs at all stages because it's not kibble, it's not canned goo, it's real food. Traditional dry and wet food dog options are extremely processed, they can use much lower quality ingredients than they cling to, and are difficult to portion accurately. But the farmer's dog isn't just higher quality food. They also send the food in pre-portioned um, little bags. It's specifically designed for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. So it makes every um, it makes it very helpful uh, to 
and easy to maintain your dog's weight, which can be one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. So I switched to uh, Farmer's Dog a few months ago, and Theo was seemingly, you know, before that, like a totally fine, healthy dog. But there were so many benefits ever since switching. His breath is so much better. His coat is shiny. He makes like normal size poops. He's super regular. So it doesn't matter if your dog is old or young. It's always the right time to begin investing in their health. Helping you live a more healthy, happy, and full years together. Get 50% off your first box when you go to thefarmersdog.com slash toast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash toast for 50% off your first box of The Farmer's Dog. All right, Jax, are you ready for Dear Toasters? Ready. Hey, Jackson Claude. Huge fan of the show. Found you guys on TikTok. I listen every day. I recently found out that my grandfather made a TikTok account, which I thought was funny and cute. I clicked on his profile and I noticed that he was following hundreds of people already. I was shocked and befuddled to see he was exclusively following hundreds of like spicy thirst trap accounts, sexy anime cosplayers, and what appear to be like only fan promotion pages. They all feature women who are about my age. What's even worse is I don't think he knows that anyone can see that information of who he follows. At family gatherings, he goes on and on about how he's a total TikTok addict, and now I'm literally so grossed out and uncomfortable hearing this. Should I tell him I can see who he follows, or should I just keep this haunting information to myself? Sincerely, a traumatized toaster. Now, my rebuttal rebuttal includes three words. Let grandpa live. Yes! <laughs> Same. I was, I was going to say, let Gramps live, just to add like a little sexy flair. Let Grandpa live. Like, stop. He obviously doesn't know that you can see it. He would be mortified if he did. Leave him alone. Yeah, also, how old are you that they're your age? Um, how would Probably you feel? Probably like 25. No, I... Jackie, I took everything in me not to read it. How would you feel if your father came home with someone your age? Yeah, no, probably like 25 or 30. Like, it's not like it's underage. Like, these are consenting right. females who are looking for audiences. And your grandpa... Right. Your grandpa He's is supporting women in business. He's supporting female creators. Listen, yeah. let him live. I'm not worried. What is he going to do with this? Have a little fun? I'm... No, God it's forbid. completely harmless. God forbid Grandpa lives. Leave him alone. I assume he's not married or he's a widowed because she would have said that. Like, my grandma. So, he's fine. <laughs> Leave him alone. Old people need vices too. And his is completely harmless. So, you just keep your little trap shut, bitch. Okay? Okay, but I have a question for you. How would you feel if he was married to Grandma? Still. I would still think it's okay. Yeah, right? Like, what is he going to... He's not going to cheat on Grandma. Like... No, I literally think it's he fine. He can get his little I, fix. Also, if it's on TikTok, it's not like it's porn. It's just he probably suggested. That's true. It's suggested female content. And I'm sure that they're out there promoting their OnlyFans, and your grandpa has quite literally no clue what OnlyFans is, how to download it, how to put his credit card information in. He's literally consuming TikTok-safe content, which can be provocative for sure, but. What are their nudity there's policies? No, there's no tits ass, like, you can't show nipple, but you can wear, like, a thong, wear a thong, but I think even still, I think still it would get taken down. Okay, yeah, I think Grandpa's living his best life. Like, why only can you be on TikTok, like, enjoying right. the content? I would just, instead of the feelings you're feeling, which are definitely, like, discomfort and grossed out, why don't you try and channel, like, some, some positive energy for Grandpa being, like, you know, he's old, he's getting up there. There's probably not so many things that bring him joy. And this is one of those things. And so if, if I can just put my discomfort aside and know that my grandpa's like out here living a full, happy, borderline erect life, then we all win. It's true. And as far as you knowing this information and like feeling weird about it, that's your cross to bear. Yeah. 
we that's the thing about getting older is like we end up finding things out about like parents grandparents that you didn't know when you were a kid and definitely like shakes your core you gotta get over it yeah you don't need to have like a family session if someone else in the family notices it and brings it up like you guys can bond over it but giggle grandpa is living let grandpa live Mm -hmm. all right next up dear jackson turdy lou i'm in desperate need of some advice I recently broke up with my boyfriend who was the first person I ever slept with. I never felt regretful when we had sex because we loved each other. But now that I'm out of a relationship, I feel so gross and slutty for having sex and not waiting till I'm closer with a person. I need some advice to help me stop slut shaming myself. Thank you. I love you guys. I listen every day. I feel like that's so harsh. I feel like there's two routes we can take here. The first is like, I don't know if you need to hear this, but there's literally nothing wrong with like having sex with another consenting adult. It's liberating people do it all the time there's nothing wrong with it go off queen get your bag but also I do think there are a lot of people who don't have casual sex and exclusively like wait till they're like seeing someone exclusively or in a relationship and that's okay too so maybe you might be one of those people no she is one of those people and I think you know the idea of two consenting adults go off queen have sex like that doesn't work for everyone but she was in a relationship with this person so that's why I feel like you're being so hard on yourself like you you said no no Jackie Jackie you're misunderstanding she said she was in a relationship she's at She's out of the relationship. Okay. And now she's out of a relationship. She feels gross and slutty for having sex with like other people. Like dating and stuff. Really? I read it as she was in a relationship and she had sex. No, let, let, me, I'll, let me read it again. Okay. I recently broke up with my boyfriend who was the first person I ever slept with. I never felt regretful when we had sex because we loved each other. Okay. But now that I'm out of a relationship, I feel so gross and slutty for having sex and not waiting till I'm closer with the person. Okay, by the way, you could read it as what you saw or yeah, what I by saw. The way, no, because, yeah, no. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, because she said we loved each other, so no, you, you never she, re- regret having sex with someone you love. Right, but she, it also sounded like when she did it, she didn't regret it, but now that she's out of the relationship, like maybe she didn't think they were as close as she thought and now she regrets it. But why would she not think that she's close with the person that she's in a relationship with and loves? Wait, this is like actually confusing. No, no. Okay, it could be both, but I will go with yours because I do think that makes like a little more sense. Yeah, and I believe that's like a thing. You know, of course, they give like a label to everything now. I think it's called demisexual, but like you can really only be intimate with someone you're like deeply um, like care for and love, which like isn't a sexuality. I just think it's like... I think that's, I'm the same way. That's I guess ins- I would be demisexual. That's so crazy that that's a word for There's a word wanting for it. to love the person that you're with. Right. So I think like both routes are totally fine. But I don't think you need to like change. It might just be that you're that type of person. And that's totally okay. Yeah. And you don't have to have sex with people if that's not making you making happy you feel good. or feel good. Or like you're. it's making you feel worse after the fact. Like then don't be that person. There are so many people who don't want to do that and don't do that like maybe you feel pressure because I mean I guess the societal norm now is just casual sex but that doesn't work for everyone no and I think there's like a a huge group of people who still abide by like you know not having sex with someone until they're like involved exclusively or in a relationship and that's totally okay yeah and I think it It doesn't make you weird or a loser it goes for both men and women too yeah. So I think ultimately, like, if you if you make decisions, like, based on how you truly feel, even if it's not the popular one or the cool one, right. it will lead you to the right person. Yeah. So I would just, like, follow your feelings. You don't have to change your feelings just because you think they're, like, 
weird or whatever. Like, yeah. you feel that way for a reason, and that's totally and fine. And, like, and instead of feeling gross about it, it taught you a lesson. Like, now you know this about yourself. Like, do with that. Yes. Use that information. Don't just discard it and keep, like, pushing through and being someone that you're not. You can be grateful for the lesson and not feel shame because the lesson brought you the lesson. The clarity. The clarity, right. Um, that was confusing, that was. Jackie. Thank you. <laughs> All right, our third and final one is like making my blood boil. Like okay, we oh absolutely have to sharpen our pitchforks because we ride at dawn. Oh god, okay? okay, I'm ready. Hey Jackson Claude, I watch you girlies every day. I love you both so much. I'm one year postpartum and I'll be 30 in a few months. My husband and I were having dinner with our best friends who are also a married couple and I told my girlfriend that I want to start working out um, and for her to hold me accountable. I told her that I wanted to be in the best possible shape of my life for my 30th birthday, which is coming up. She quickly responded with, but okay, but you don't need to. You really look great. My husband chuckled a little and said, she could stand to lose 10 pounds. I was mortified. The other husband changed the subject to sports and my husband and I haven't spoken about it yet. How do I approach this? Am I right for feeling upset? So you approach it with a shotgun. With a knife, yeah. There's so many reasons as to why this is fucked up. And I don't know which is the worst, whether it's like him even commenting on your weight. But I honestly think it's worse that he did it in front of other yeah, people. Yeah, no, that he's so dumb that he yep. thought that was an okay thing to say in general. He thought it was okay to say it to you. And he thought it was okay to say it in front of other people. Like, the way this man needs his ass reamed out. Maybe he really is just that dumb. And like not, I mean, if you've gained, sometimes it's like, if you've gained weight, I'm sorry, you're a father now. There's literally no excuse for being that dumb. No, but people... It's irresponsible. It's honestly... It I would is, fear I for you... It is irresponsible. To, to be so to stupid. To walk through the world being so oblivious and so dumb. Honestly, I think this calls for you sitting him down and playing in this episode. Now listen, sir. You're literally disgusting. I'm sure you're fucking fat, bitch, okay? And your wife, who, by the way, just had a baby is a queen. And the fact that she hasn't fucking stabbed you in your sleep, you should be so goddamn grateful for. Mm -hmm. That I need you to get some perspective. First of all, never, ever in your goddamn life talk about your wife's body. Postpartum or not. It's none of your fucking business, okay? Also, you Second weren't all, asked in that situation. Right. Oh, yeah. You weren't eavesdropping. We weren't talking to you. Now, the second thing that is so important for a husband to learn, and the fact that you haven't learned this, makes me just, I understand you're dumb, and maybe nobody told you, so I'm going to tell you. When you're out in public with your wife, your job is to lift her up. Your job is to protect her. But if the call is coming from inside the house, if somebody's out here in public embarrassing me, and it's the person I fucking sleep next to, the person who's supposed to love me most in this world, you are now the person I hate most in this world. And your wife, I don't know if she does, but she should fucking hate you. And you have a lot of work to do, sir, on yourself, on being a better version for your daughter, for or son, excuse me, for your wife. And all I can say in a non-ironic way is do better. Yeah, no, you can't walk through this world being that dumb. I fear you're going to get hit by a car. Yeah. You're so dumb. Yeah, you're going to get taken advantage. Like you, to not know that that's a wrong, the wrong thing to say in front of other people. Like, that makes it so much worse. Like, of course, in the privacy of your own home, it's still a fucked up thing to say. But then you're adding, like, another level of humiliation to the rage you already feel. I can't. Girlie, I'm so sorry. This is what we have to put up with, is just, like, women who, you know, are married. I, but it's, it's unacceptable. I'm so sorry. You're a stunning queen. You just birthed a human. Take all the time you need. Yeah. 
And seriously, but what we if, ride at dawn. What if it wasn't even like a dumb thing? Like, what if it's just like a cruel thing? You know? Oh, because oh, I'm I kind guess of giving, right. we him were giving the benefit him... of the doubt that yep. he's just dumb enough to say something like that. Well, if he's saying it in like a malicious, cruel way, this is clearly a person who's extremely like verbally abusive and, and manipulative. And like, that's honestly, if that's what he's saying in a cruel way. To me, it's such a red flag for so many other worse things. But you know what? What gives me solace is I feel like she would have included in her prompt that like he's... He's always making comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so maybe we can go back to dumb because the alternative just like hurts my heart. If it is the alternative, run. But if he's just dumb and maybe like had a few beers and thought he was being funny, um, we have to kill him. Yeah, we have to kill his spirit so that he never makes a joke ever again. Because he worries that it was the worst thing he could possibly say. Yeah, I want this man to never smile again. I want him to never contribute to a conversation, to never try and take a stab at a joke. Yeah, because, oh, by the way, sir, if you're still listening, you're literally not funny. No. We are. We know funny. I'm literally a comedian. I sold out Madison Square Garden. Like, I know funny. You're not funny. You're dumb. Yeah. So I think that's the advice here. Play this episode for him. Yeah, or if you don't want to do that because we said some unkind things to him and then maybe that would cause a different fight. Yeah, and, it's so yeah, true. Yeah, maybe you just like this is your little pocket of peace where we can vent about him and then you can like take Agreed. take the applied lessons and apply them. Um, You're so smart. You're so smart. Rip him a new one. Sometimes it's the best, especially if like this was really him being dumb and not cruel. Like he needs a sit down. He needs an ass reaming. Yeah, and I would really, I would write your thoughts out because like, it's so annoying when, like, you're a woman who's, like, mad about something and then you just are, like, she's crazy. But it's, like, I have a fucking reason for being mad. So your reasoning really needs to be, like, well thought out. Like, the humiliation of saying something like that, period, but then furthermore in front of two people who, like, I care about and respect is humiliating. That What are they going to think of me? That I'm just, like, you know, some punching bag for you and that's what our marriage is? That's not what our marriage is. So yeah. why would you want people to think that? And be, like, I know you probably think that I look bad in this situation, but actually you made yourself look terrible. I'm sure they're talking about you and not me and yeah. how they feel sorry for me to have to put up with you. Oh my God, fucking facts, bitch. Facts. Because he's the one who should be embarrassed. Even though it feels like she's embarrassed, he should. he's the one who should actually be embarrassed because it reflected worse on him. I just want to say, like, I'm so mad but the fact that you're postpartum and, he, like, the worst thing he could say is that you need to lose 10 pounds, like, you're probably snatched. So yeah. just feel good about that. Literally. That was, like, my postpartum weight goal was, like, 10 pounds heavier. Yeah, no, <laughs> if someone was, like, after I'm postpartum, like, they would say, she could stand to lose 100 pounds. Like, yeah. you're fine. So true. Yeah, no, let's look into who that. Actually wow, girl, loses, only- who actually loses the last 10 pounds of anything? Oh, not even postpartum just in life in life everyone could stand to lose 10 pounds it's so true like congrats girly you you're, sound gorgeous. congrats you got your goal weight <laughs> no literally oh my god i hate this man i'm so sorry but hopefully that was helpful advice and i would absolutely love an update from you just because i feel so invested also, in this one sometimes it's just nice to commiserate and like have people validate how you feel and like maybe yeah maybe we could move fo- like i mean what do what you need to do but maybe you just needed to get that off your chest and needed us to get as angry for you as you're feeling no, but it requires a conversation. I agree with that too. But I do feel like a little better after talking it through because like I'm Me too. My, like I'm like clenching. 
Me too. Um, well, those were Dear Toasters. Again, deartoasters at gmail.com is the email to submit or thetoastpodcast.com. There's a submission box there, totally anonymous. Thank you guys for submitting. Hopefully we were helpful as we could be. I thought we were pretty helpful. I think so. And that's our show. Our show. Nobody else's. They tried. Like, those smartless guys are always trying to be us. Yeah, they're like, but it's our show. smartless. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast of the Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give us a video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places where you listen to podcasts. Find us so toast, leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an amazing Wednesday. And we'll see you tomorrow where we will officially be entering the latter half of the week. And that's gorgeous. Love ya. Bye.